0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's a compulsive liar. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Ha! <laughs> Busted.
1: I'm doing <laughs> terribly.
0: I knew it. You know what? I just called you out to hundreds of people, perhaps. <laughs> Take that, Brandon. Oh no! I know your your reputation is ruined. <laughs> All right. Oh, Brandon. Cancel this podcast. Already done. All right, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks since I talked to you one-on-one here, Brandon. How
1: are you doing? It's almost Halloween. Yeah. Oh, my God, it is. What happened to this year? Dude, I don't know. I, t- <laughs> I, it was, like I It was March, like yesterday. I know,
0: right? It was just your birthday. Yeah. And now it's almost Halloween, the bestest time of the whole reason for the everything, oh, right? Every, it. Loving it. Loving it. Amalgamation of everything
1: I usually say. and. I've been watching spooky movies, Brandon. How about you, bitch? Ooh. Yeah. I just got done watching the thing for Oh, I love the thing. 50th time.
0: You wanna know, know okay. Here's my favorite part about the thing, Brandon. It's spoilers. So this mm-hmm. is rated S for spoilers. So if you haven't seen the thing, all right. just stop, stop the movie. <clears throat> stop the... stop the Go watch if all of the thing it. and then come back and listen to this pocket. My favorite part about the thing is when William uh what's his name? Wilford Brimley kills a man by sticking
1: his fingers in another dude's mouth. Love it. That's the worst way to die. Wilford Brimley, uh, he's pretty fantastic in that movie. He does a great job. Yeah, he just goes fucking nuts at one point and is just like, ah, where the fuck this and fuck that, and he's hitting everything with an axe. And it's like, this is the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, it's like, dude, careful. You got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> slow down. Slow down. Slow. Yeah, check your blood sugar, your heart dude. You can't just... <laughs> take this bud.
0: <laughs> and then he sticks his fingers in the man's mouth and it kills him. He's dead after that. And it's like, "Damn, Wilfred, I didn't know you were so powerful," you know. It's the diabetes. <laughs> it gave him super strength. Power, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, that's a that's a great movie, Brandon. I've been watching some scary movies too. Okay. So, uh every once in a while, I get together with my niece and we watch some horror movies. We've been doing it for a while, a couple of years now. So, even when, recently, when it's not
1: Halloween. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's just our thing. So uh, we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 Ooh. or whatever it was. Love it. Um, You know, Brandon, okay. I thought it was a good movie, like especially for its time that was beautifully shot. As you could tell it was nice and low budget, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. That is and the good part about it. The bones and stuff, like the props and everything in the movie, really fantastic. The makeup's great. I didn't
1: know that the movie was like 80% screams, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> It's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Cortland. It's not a good time.
0: But like most of the people die so quickly, and then you have like Susan or whatever her name is, which mm, love that character. She was great. I'm I'm all about the final girl. I love it. But man, she screams a lot in this movie. Brand, she screams a whole bunch. And uh, I was like, "Jeez, can you shut up a little bit, please?" There's scenes where she's literally just screaming, and you watch her
1: eyeball, and she's like,
0: "Oh my god!" You
1: know. And I'm just like, "Okay, all right." (laughs) Think about the viewer a little bit while you're going through these traumatic experiences, please.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I still liked it. I think I liked it enough. Uh, It reminded me a little bit of Return of the Living Dead Part 2 because that movie is also about 80% screams.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a certain subgenre of horror movie. It's just Mm -hmm. screams. It's just screams. It's just screaming. it's like Home Alone if all Kevin did was scream. Surprisingly, the Scream movies, not that much screaming. <laughs> I have to revisit the Scream movies to see their Scream potential. But Yeah, I've watched the first four this
0: month. Damn. Okay, Brandon. Um, I haven't seen any of the Scream movies in forever. I'm really excited to, because I hear a Scream 5 and I think 6 is good too. Um mm-hmm. And I know the first, like at least two are. I don't think three is very good, Brandon. You want to chime in on that one since you have recent information about it? Not good. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I, I would like to revisit those because I like I like Wes Craven's movies a lot. Um, I also recently watched Frozen, not the huh, Disney terrifying. movie, though, Brandon. No, no, no. It's called Frozen. It's from 2010. It's about three three kids while well, they're like you know early 20s. One of them is uh, Sean Ashmore. I don't remember if that's the one, if that's the Ashmore that played uh, Iceman or if it was the Ashmore that was in Artifray of the Dark, but there was an Ashmore in it, Mm -hmm. and they are stuck on a a ski lift, Brandon. A ski lift. Yeah. It was really disgusting. (laughs) I don't know. How? It was... Because they're like, okay, I'm going to spoil some things for Frozen. So this is, again, rated S for spoilers. But uh, they're stuck on the ski lift, and they're really, really high up in the sky. And there's three of them in there. And the first thing they do to try to get off it is, like, this kid's like, I'm going to jump. And they're like, I don't think you should do that, right? And he's like, no, right. it'll be fine. I've, I've totally maybe done this once or twice. So he jumps off the ski lift, and he hits the ground with feet first. and his <laughs> And his legs, like break okay and the of bones course. are jutting through his legs and then he gets eaten
1: by wolves <laughs> oh, damn yeah it was uh, just waiting there
0: no nah, they came out like they heard some oh, wolves okay. in the distance oh. they're like nah wolves don't attack people and, <laughs> and then they attack people <laughs> it was it was like it was one of those movies that was a little difficult to watch because they they show his legs snapping and he's like oh my god my bones are coming out of his <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, a very bleak movie like a, a surviving nature kind of movie and uh it was rough
1: <laughs> how long were they up there before he's like that's it i'm gonna jump a couple of hours <laughs> the thing about <laughs> okay so like the okay. resort
0: was closed and it wasn't gonna be open again for a whole week so like they oh. were stuck up there and nobody knew they were there so all right, that changes things. Yeah. <laughs> Context changes everything. Um, and then so we got done with that movie, and then we turned on Return of the Living Dead because goddamn do I love that movie. That movie it goes from zero to a hundred and it does not stop. Like it is the most action-packed horror movie I think ever, because it just keeps going and going and going. Love that movie. And I love zombies,
1: Brandon. It's got zombies. Dude, you love your zombies. We haven't gotten a zombie episode in like a whole Couple of weeks here. It's been a couple of
0: weeks. Yeah, what the hell? Give me some zombies. You know what, Brandon? We have a whole episode of Tales from the Crypt to talk about here. Do you want to get into this episode, the spoiled? We've been spoiling Mm. everything. Might as well spoil this episode. This episode
1: has been full of spoilers and now here we go. Spoiled. It was all her part of our plot to suck in the listeners because now they're getting spoiled with the episode
0: here. It is spoiled, Brandon. What did you think of Spoiled from Tales from the Crypt, Brandon? How
1: did you think of this episode? I didn't think much of it, Cortland. Oh my, okay. It didn't Uh, empower you? I didn't feel empowered. I didn't feel particularly entertained. This episode is about a woman who watches a soap opera. Mm -hmm. And the episode is 90% kind of just watching a soap opera. Brandon, okay. I know what you're talking about. I liked this episode.
0: I thought it was a little bit over the top with the acting. Well, yeah, it's a soap opera. That's the part that I enjoy, though. I love seeing the campy cheesiness, and I love that we get, like, an episode within an episode because we're just, like, watching an episode of a soap opera as the character watches it, and I think that's hilarious. And I kind of liked this episode. Um, It's sad. (laughs) It's really sad to me, but I just really enjoyed it. So... I don't know. Like I didn't think it was the best episode, but I, I had fun with it. Okay. Well,
1: you're wrong. <laughs> no. no. I, all right, I'm I didn't hate stop this, episode. On this podcast. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't hate this episode, but this is another one, and there's been quite a few recently. Um, where I had the thought, like, why is this a Tales from the Crypt episode? And maybe mm-hmm. that's my fault. Maybe I don't know what Tales from the Crypt is.
0: Yeah, why don't you get your preconceived notions right out of your
1: head, Brandon? We're yeah. we're we've been doing this for like months. So what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's my problem because every episode I'm like, "Oh, this is another goofy one," and but they're all goofy ones, Cortland. None of these episodes are like trying to be serious horror like they're all at least tongue-in-cheek they
0: are and i kind of love that about tales from the crypt and again it's something that i didn't know coming into it too i thought these were all going to be scary all the time because i just watched casper the other day we turned on (laughs) casper and the crypt keepers in it for a second so like he was a cultural horror phenomenon and that's what i expected and i didn't get what i expected
1: and i'm not mad about that no, I like it. Maybe by the time we're done talking about this episode, I'll realize that it was my favorite episode. We'll see. Alright. <laughs> okay, well, that's a stretch, but let's do
0: it. So our episode begins with the view of our best friend, Brandon. It's the Crypt Keeper, of course, because it's the beginning of an episode. What's he doing this time? He's got his little feet kicked up on a tiny square of fake green lawn because he's playing golf today. And I said, golf, huh? Hm, okay. There's a tee, a bucket of golf balls, and Crypty is polishing a golf club. Also, there's a skeleton laying across the green with a golf ball and a hole in its head. Of well, I put a hole in his noggin because you know me. I like to say weird shit. Krypti sees us and he welcomes us as golfing fiends. He tells us that uh, he, we shouldn't mind the skeleton next to him. That's just his caddy, Juan. Crypty spills that tea saying that Juan got him teed off when he was playing around. So he shot a hole in Juan
1: and then he laughs. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to quite move past the fact that he just straight up murdered this guy. Well, he teased him off, He's killed Brandon. a couple of people s- so far. but He's
0: got his biz, and he stays in business by killing people. No, he's, man. He's got a crypt. Then he scooches over his book of tales, saying that this reminds him of the woman in tonight's tale. She's also playing around, except that her game isn't golf. It's love. And he calls this disgusting drama spoiled. Now, we see the picture for this episode, and it kind of reminds me of Lover Come Hack to me a little bit. Because in the foreground we have a woman who's laying on top of a smiling man. Behind them is a dude angrily walking into the room to see this shit. And then also behind them is a TV showing pretty much the exact same image, but the characters look a little bit different. Overall, I think it
1: looks all right. Yeah. It's a fairly accurate representation of this episode.
0: Yeah, I agree. We fade into the episode and we get our title card for spoiled. We see a woman with very red hair in a white suit open up an office door and she sashays her way inside. red. Yeah, it really is red. It was like, bam, in your face. It's fluorescent. She stops and points at somebody saying, hold his calls, and then continues clomping her way into an office door. <laughs> she opens that shit up and inside is a man with a bit of a mullet talking on like a radio or something i don't really know what he's talking on some kind of 90s contraption outrageous he's talking about taking decisive action to effectuate a successful merger the woman reaches up behind the man who's all like whoa 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 what the hell are you doing and she says she's trying to effectuate a successful merger with her husband Her name is Fuchsia, I guess. (laughs) And the man tells her he does not have time for her foolish games since he's been trying to get this deal to work for the last six weeks. Fuchsia snaps his hands down saying, yeah, and totally ignoring me. You're more worried about this agency thing than you are about your own wife. And she races over to the door and turns around to say, well, one thing's for certain, Avian. It's time for decisive action. She slams that door closed and then walks her way a little through the office. She stops and she stares at a random dude in a brown coat and looks him up and down, then says, Quebec, come into my office, will ya? Now she walks away and the dude follows her into her office, which is oddly pink. It's a very pink room. Yeah. I guess it's fuchsia. But once inside, fuchsia says that she's been keeping an eye on him and then closes her blinds. She tells him to have a seat and he asks, wait, this isn't about business, is it? And Fuchsia sits on her desk saying, nah, it's about you. You're like me, huh? I can tell.
1: You've got an empty void in your lonely life.
0: And she seductively puts her leg up near him as he asks, do I? (laughs) Uh, Sure about that, Fuchsia? I don't think you really know me, Fuchsia. She tells him, yeah, you do. You and I, we're like two lost travelers in a loveless, dark, frozen world. And as she says that, she slowly scooches her ass from the desk to his lap. Quebec asks, um, what do you want, Miss Monroe? Fuchsia smiles, <laughs> saying that she wants him. Quebec immediately is like, but wait, what about your husband? And Fuchsia yells, forget him. In my life, if I see something I want, I take it. Just like Mary Ellen from <laughs> Goosebumps. She says, yeah. rules ain't for me. And she grabs his face and gets super close to it, saying, you are for me. And then they passionately smooch as the camera gets kind of blurry, and we fade back and look to see that we were watching a TV the whole time. So we got a TV show within a TV show. It's a very nice transition. Yeah, it works really well. The camera keeps panning us back, and we're in a room and hear two women just making moaning and gasping noises, and we spin to see that there are two women sitting on a couch, folding laundry, and watching this steamy show. It's our main character, Janet, and her best friend, Louise. Janice says, "Oh God, Louise, Fuchsia is awesome."
1: <laughs> oh, that sexual harassment is tight.
0: Uh huh. It was nineteen ninety-one, Brandon. Sexual harassment in the office place was all the rage. Yeah. Do you agree that Fuchsia is awesome?
1: Uh, I wouldn't go quite that
0: far. <laughs> yeah, that's a big, big
1: word there for that.
0: Louise agrees that Fuchsia does have her moments. Janet turns that shit off, spins to Luis, yelling, Moments! That's the way you should live your life. You go for it. You don't waste it like we do, sorting laundry. Louise gets real saying, nah, you have to sort laundry. You can't mix your delicates with your permanent press. And if you're using heavy detergent, you have to mix your colors and your whites. Janet's had enough of these pro-laundry tips, though. She knows how to do laundry. She stands up yelling, are you nuts? Fuck laundry. <gasps> Janet, my goodness. If you see something you want, you take it. You lose your head in romance. Louis snaps, oh, come on, Janet. You're living the American dream. You're married to a doctor. Janet nods her head saying, yeah, but he's married to his work. His stupid research and fancy pants operations. Well, I want Fuchsia's life. Hot passion. <laughs> steamy romance. Louise feeds into the saying, yeah, in danger. And Janet's all, yeah, yeah, danger, that too. Then the girls giggle and they sigh.
1: I like how Fuchsia is like this role model for what life should be like. But even in the <laughs> 45 seconds of Fuchsia's life we've seen, we see that she is unhappy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a happy woman and she is acting out in ways to try to feel in control of her own life. Yeah, she's really not that great of a role model. No.
0: She's not awesome. I Yeah, you're wrong, Janet. Louise finishes folding her pants or whatever and tosses that aside, saying, all done. From behind the ladies, the front door opens up and it's Janet's hubby, Leon. Janet skips over there and smooches him on the lips, asking if the operation was a success. He tells her, yeah, but the patient died. Damn. (laughs) If only my new anesthetic were ready. We could have done the impossible last night. We could have frozen the brain and performed the most difficult transplant. Damn. And Janet here nods, saying, yeah, damn, uh, for sure. He sighs and walks past her saying that he's got work in the lab to do. And then greets Louise right quick. Then he steps over to the basement door and walks down. A big red light next to the door dings. And Louise walks past Janet asking, so hospital call in the middle of the night again? And Janet's all, "Mm mm-hmm, again. Louise walks to the front door telling her to have a nice day and then leaves. So right away we get kind of like our setup here. Janet is lonely. (laughs) Because all her husband does is work at the hospital, saving
1: lives. Something more interesting than everything else that happens in this episode would probably just be showing us how the relationship between Janet and her husband started. Because I cannot fathom Mm -hmm. how these two got together.
0: Well, like as the episode unfolds, it seems like Leon really has a thing for Janet. But like he's just very busy in his work right now, I guess i don't know i don't understand it because i can't understand being so busy in your work you can't give time to family but i don't know different strokes for different folks who knows
1: yeah they have very different strokes that's my that's my
0: point (laughs) we stay on janet who looks up and smiles and then looks over to the door the red light dings off and the door opens up and leon is there saying darling and he throws his bag down saying that he's been such a fool for exploring medical science when he could be exploring her He walks up to Janet, who says, Well, Christopher Columbus,
1: welcome to the new world.
0: And the two hug and they smooch when the front door opens up and in walks Luis, saying, Earth to Janet. And we see Janet was just imagining, spending a few passionate moments with her husband.
1: Hmm. Crazy.
0: Luis hands Janet a pair of polka dot undies, saying that these must be Leon's because they're totally not Jim Palmer's. Then she leaves. And who's Jim Palmer, Brandon? Doesn't he make, like, a drink that's lemonade and iced tea
1: uh that's an arnold palmer
0: oh okay <laughs> i'm stupid it's fine
1: i don't know who jim palmer is okay okay
0: that's fair i think it's because this was 1991 and we were like two years old
1: <laughs> that might have something to do with it
0: we pop over to leon in his basement he's doing some home research he's got this lab set up and he says that this shit is extraordinary if his calculations are correct his new anesthesia will work far beyond anyone's imagination We see he's got some tweezers in his hands and he's adding just like a little something something to a little tiny test tube. And Janet is at the stairs and she walks her way down seductively and touches and grabs Leon, who's all, whoa, what's all this hubba? I told you not to come in here when the red light was on. Janet tells him that she's trying to effectuate a successful merger with her husband. I remember when somebody just said that. Leon's not interested because he's trying to make medical history and asks which is more important. Rhetorical question. Let me add this shit to my little tube. Just throw her a bone, bro. He doesn't, though. She starts smooching on his hand and stuff as he explains, Don't you see? Organ transplants of undreamed complexity can actually become reality. You could actually operate for weeks at a time because the brain would still be alive. He's totally ignoring Janet's advances here, and she's all, Oh, you'd love that, wouldn't you? He says, Yeah, absolutely, I'd love that. Now, here, hold this. She's busy smooching his hand, so he yells, Janet, hold this shit. So she does. And he adds his new anesthetic. Then he says that they're headed to Mr. Cottontail's house, Brandon. Oh, boy, a new character.
1: Yeah, I was like, what the hell is going to happen now?
0: They walk over to this big dollhouse looking thing. And Leon knocks on the door saying that he's got a special lunch prepared. He opens (laughs) that up saying, oh, look who's here. And we see it's a bunny. It's a little rabbit. He hands over that special lunch telling the bunny to eat and sleep for medical science and that he's going to be a very famous bunny. Enough of that, though, Brandon. We cut over to Janet in a bedroom on a rowing machine saying, who cares over and over again? The camera spins her around to see that she's watching more of her favorite TV show, where Fuchsia has that dude in a big bed telling him to go on and that you can't stop an avalanche from going down a mountain or a waterfall from crashing. As she's saying this, she's smooching some dude that's kind of naked on on the bed. It's that guy with uh, what was his name? I think it was like something weird. It was Quebec. It was, I was like, something Canadian. Yep. What was it? Janet shakes her head saying, no, you can't stop a waterfall. Uh-uh. And in the show, we hear a man say, oh, yes, you can. <gasps> and it's Fuchsia's husband with a gun in his hands, Brandon. Oh, shit. That's exactly what Janet says. She's all, oh, shit. <laughs> he cocks that gun as Fuchsia tells him, no, you can't. He's all, just watch me. And then the screen gets all staticky. And Janet's like, what? Oh, my God. Come back. Don't shoot. And she runs over to the TV and she smacks it for a second before running out of the room screaming, oh, God. She races down the stairs yelling,
1: no, don't shoot. Oh, God. Oh, shit. She's like, oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. (laughs) I love it. It's my favorite part of the episode.
0: (laughs) Just her reaction. She's like, oh, my God. No, but soap opera. (laughs) She makes her way to the TV in the living room and turns that on, but it's also static. And then after a few seconds, it comes back on, and the announcer concludes that that's the end of There's Always Tomorrow, which is the soap opera she loves so much. Mm -hmm. Janet falls to the ground yelling, shit, shit, shit. There's a knock on the door, and Janet yells out, Luis! And she scrambles over, and Luis bursts into the room, and the two grab hold of each other, and she asks if she saw it, and Luis tells her that he shot Quebec below the belt, Janet can't believe this shit, and Louise asks if she was watching.
1: And Janet tells her, yeah, of course I was watching, but the television
0: picture went out.
1: Oh, I forgot that that whole static thing was even a thing. That's okay, Brandon.
0: That's, when that's was the last right. time
1: you saw static on a TV? <laughs> I I don't remember. <laughs>
0: Probably 1991. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I used to have this really big TV. like, uh, It was a very old, like normal TV. I don't know what they're... CRTV? I don't remember what they call them. Yeah. Yep. Um, But I, I used to put magnets on
1: it, so our screen was really, really off. <laughs> that was a... Mm. That was a bad kid. Yeah. <laughs> I did that, too, because it would, it would, like, make the picture weird, and people would tell me to stop, and I'd be like, why? It never came back, though, Brandon. It was always weird in that little bubble where the magnet hit it. <laughs> oh. See, sometimes... <laughs> I thought it was just, like, one of those things, like, oh, don't make the face or it'll stick that way. And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but I guess it actually does stay that way.
0: Yeah. I'm, it was the TV that I had to use for, like, my Super Nintendo. So it just had, like, a warbly weird thing on the side for a while. And then we got rid of it. Oh, those were the days.
1: Louise pushes Janet to take a seat, asking, good lord, girl.
0: When are you going to join the rest of us in the 20th century and get cable?" <laughs>
1: When are you gonna join the futuristic twentieth century <laughs> cable, though, Brandon? This is all just an advertisement for cable. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching this episode of Tales from the Crypt, you probably had cable. So you did because they're preaching a joke about to the this. choir. yeah
0: right (laughs) i don't know i remember tales from the crypt getting reruns on fox though and you don't need cable for fox but what with all the butt cheeks
1: how does that work
0: well i don't know if they played those episodes so they didn't play most of them i guess (laughs) half the episodes they make a nice little joke about this so brandon because
1: she says plus you get hbo and everything hbo brandon can you imagine okay so it's like all these netflix shows i watch where they're like Oh, I'm watching this on Netflix. I don't watch Netflix anymore. <laughs> okay, well, that's what happens. The characters talk about Netflix constantly. Louise adds, it would really
0: improve the quality of your life. Janet smiles, whispering, yes. I don't know why. Then stands up saying, yes. Wait, no, Leon thinks cable is frivolous. Louise is all, what? CNN, frivolous? C-SPAN? The Weather Channel? Frivolous? Huh, I think not and furthermore, would Fuchsia hesitate because her husband thought something was frivolous? Janet says, no. She'd take it.
1: And the two both say,
0: Decisive action.
1: Oh, this episode's. That, is that Fuchsia's catchphrase? I think it might be. Yeah. She just looks at the camera and says, decisive action. Yeah, that sounds about right. We got to another day or something and the
0: doorbell rings and Janet walks up and opens it up to see a dude with his sleeves rolled up and his hair slicked back. He's sexy, Brandon.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a stud for sure.
0: He introduces himself. I'm able with the cable. And he's smacking his gum, looking Janet up and down. Janet tells him, I'm sure you are. And then laughs saying, I mean, I mean, hi, come on in. I'm glad you're here. Um, my show starts in about an hour. And he asks, huh? And she explains that it's her favorite television program. There's always tomorrow. It starts in an hour. Abel looks her up and down again, asking, so where do you want it? And Janet asks, huh? And he steps a little closer to her. (laughs) as She backs away, and he asks, in your box? And Janet asks, excuse me? And Abel pulls up a cable box saying, your cable box, where do you want it? And Janet laughs a little because she's making innuendos and says that she wants it in more than once. (laughs) Laugh out loud, Brandon. She means she needs it in a couple of different rooms. She means... Can you do it in the bedroom, too? Abel smiles at her, saying, no problem. Janet thinks that's great and starts to stumble up the stairs, asking if it'll take long. And Abel tells her, nah, I'll run a line in from the street for the first installation. And bing, bang, boom. The second one usually takes longer. But it's more fun if you know what I mean. Janet smiles, sighs a little, and nods, saying, "Uh, uh uh-huh, yeah. Then she heads upstairs. The fun part about this episode, Brandon, at least I think it's funny, is that... She's, like, trying to be seductive here, but she's scared because, like, it's cheating on her husband kind of thing. And it's just so silly.
1: Yeah. I liked how they were both using a lot of innuendo, but it seemed for a bit like Abel wasn't actually in on it. Yeah. Which I thought was fun.
0: It was just kind of, like, one-sided. There's a lot of ways this episode could have gone, and it doesn't go the way I expected it to go. We fade to, I guess, half an hour later, where Abel is slowly connecting the male and female wires for the cable, and Janet is there watching, saying, input and output. They stare at each other for a moment, and Abel tells her he's finished. She's all hooked up. He picks up his tools, and Janet sighs, saying, man, you got quite a tool there. It's huge. Abel tells her,
1: it's not the size of the tool, but it's how you use it. Okay, come on. There's no (laughs) way. (laughs) Anyone is saying that in any kind of other context. I I know. (laughs) Janet's all, oh, and you certainly know how to use it.
0: They just stare at each other, and Janet breathlessly asks how many installations he's done in one day. He tells her, 15. My Phillips did so much screwing, I thought
1: the tip would fall off.
0: Janet's all, oh, my God. And then their faces get really close to each other as if they're going to smooch. But Abel's beeper goes off, and Janet's all, damn. He tells her, duty calls and janet's all oh well he lets janet know if she has any problems with the cable she can get immediate service from him by beeping him directly day and night and remember it's able and she adds in as in ready willing and he stops her saying you bet she grabs his card with a sigh and walks over to the bed and turns on the tube brandon Mm mm-hmm her favorite show is back on, Brandon. It's Fuchsia. Fuchsia in the Days of Our Tomorrow or whatever. Fuchsia walks into a prison and her hubby is there. She grabs his hands through the bars and he asks, what are you doing here? I shot your lover. And Fuchsia tells him Quebec meant nothing to her. She was just trying to stir him up. Then Fuchsia pulls back her coat, revealing she's in sexy black lingerie, asking, remember this shit? I wore it on our wedding night. <laughs> Hubby says, how could I ever forget? And then grabs her through the bars as she tells him to take her, even though there's a guard right behind them watching all of this shit. And the two smooch, and we fade because that was all the episode we could handle for right now. Over with Leon in the basement, he's got a stethoscope, and he's checking in on the rabbit's heartbeat, saying it's day four of it being under anesthesia. The brain waves and the heartbeat are all pretty good, and the camera pans us over to see that Janet is also down there. And Leon notices, asking, what the hell did I tell you about being in
1: here when the red light was on? Only for oh, emergencies. Uncle Jesse is recording down in the oh basement. My God. <laughs> yeah, I got those vibes too. <laughs> Two people will get that joke.
0: Uh, you know, we all. It's guys. It was full house. Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your hands-off cable guy. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we have going on here, we always appreciate you spending some time with us. With new episodes uploaded all the time on Patreon, multiple a week, now is a great time to become a patron. Just visit patreon.com privateisland and take a look at our tiers. We've got early release episodes, bonus episodes, and tons more content over the years. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the best. Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad, Magical, Faith, and Shane, The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, and Corey, The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. We hope you follow us on social media for all the latest posts. You can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram and threads at Podcast on YouTube at Opal Night HA podcast and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. I did my first YouTube specific video last week and I hope you check it out and let me know what you think about it. I'm considering doing more videos in the future. They just take quite a bit of time to edit. You can find me live on Twitch every few nights at twitch.tv/privateislandc. I play a lot of cozy and spooky games. We've got Dead by Daylight, Stardew Valley, Pokemon, Resident Evil and more. Tune in this Thursday for another episode of the 2023 Goosebumps series. I hope you're really enjoying our bonus episodes. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again so much for listening in, everybody. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Janet tells him that this is totally an emergency and walks over and reveals that she is wearing sexy lingerie herself, Brandon. Except this one's white, it's not black. She asks, remember this, Leon? I wore it on our wedding night. Leon looks at her for a moment and asks, you did? Janet tells him, well, I mean, not all the time. You did remove it. Then she grabs his coat and starts unbuttoning it, asking him to take a night off since she has something special planned. He calmly tells her that he can't, that he is just so close and tells her to go watch TV or read a book. Dude. She grabs his collar, pulling him close, saying, I don't want to watch TV. I want to be with you. But Leon's at a critical stage and Janet yells, so am I. Leon gets real with her, saying, Janet, look at this. And Janet looks down to see the bunny on the operating table and she yells, ugh, is he dead? Leon hands her a stethoscope saying, "No, he's in condition. He's in a condition of thermodynamic stasis. It's never been done before and he's been this way for days. In fact, Leon thinks he can hold him for another week." Janet pulls that stethoscope off of her ear saying,
1: "You care more about holding Bugs Bunny here than you do about holding me.
0: Come on, Leon, I'd make you hey, so happy." And she pulls him over to a table and starts smooching him, but her ass accidentally knocks a glass container to the floor and it shatters. Leon yells, now look what you done. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Now I gotta go to the hospital to get more plasma. Janet begs Leon to wait, but he yells out, no, I can't lose him. I need it tonight. And he runs out of the room. Janet stands up yelling, you need it. What about me, huh? What about what I need? And then she starts crying. We cut over sometime later where Janet is sitting at a table that's lavishly decorated and she's drinking champagne and eating strawberries seductively to herself. Poor Janet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, I like... bad for her. It's not a great situation all around, She honestly. makes some
1: mistakes in this episode, but everybody... Everybody does. Yeah, I'm not gonna... Con- like, well, I don't want to spoil anything yet.
0: I've, everybody knows where this is gonna be going. You, you can't cheat on your spouse. Like, you
1: can't. But, like, her situation does suck. Because she's really trying, you know? She really tried. Yeah. If she wanted to just cheat, if that was her thing, and she wanted to just... Go out and bang some dude. She could have done that. Yeah. She really tried with Leon first. She really did. And it's like the episode gives us the hints that she's been trying for a
0: while. Like maybe not to this level the whole time, but she's kind of escalated to it, and that's a tough thing to watch. We pop over to the front door where the doorbell rings, and Janet calls that the door's open, and in walks Abel with the cable. He takes a look at Janet saying, Hi. Janet seductively tells him that she's having trouble with the reception. She's tried the knobs, but she's not getting anything also she's still in her lingerie by the way, her ways Abel steps closer saying that he's good at playing with knobs, and maybe she just had a bad connection. She tells him to just go take a look then, and he walks past her in all of her sexiness over in the living room. Abel takes a look at the t v saying that looks like uh you got some snow going on over here. Janet tells him Abel is just like her. she can tell he's got an empty void in his lonely life. Abel looks up by air asking. I do? Janet tells him, Yep. And you and I are like two lost travelers in a dark, loveless, frozen world. Abel tells her, Nah.
1: I got plenty of heat in my van. Company's good about that.
0: He walks behind the TV saying, You didn't need to call me. It's simple. Your male and female connectors have come unplugged. Janet steps closer saying that she just hates when that happens. She gets close to Abel and he says that he just needs to screw these back together. Janet grabs his hand saying, Don't bother. The TV doesn't need to be hooked up. I do. He slowly takes her shirt off, saying that her equipment is in perfect condition. Then they smooch and the music gets all steamy, Brandon. I gotta say, I these, like, table cable TV innuendos
1: are just outrageous. Yeah. There's only so much you can work with. And they went for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They explored every avenue. They tried to pack as many
0: innuendos as they could, and they did it. We watch Abel with the cable smooch her all over the place until we fade to Janet putting her leggings back on on the couch and Abel is buttoning up his shirt. Janet says that she wants to see him again sometime and she'd like to get more premium channels. You could say she's cable ready. Abel leans down for a smooch saying that she's already got the box. He just has to plug it in. He grabs his shit and leaves as Janet lays down on the couch. Some time passes and in walks Leon and Janet's still laying on the couch and she asks You got something to say, Leon? Leon's all, yeah. What happened to the TV? Janet asks, that's all? And Leon tells her that he's on the verge of greatness. Back to work. Call the receiver repairman in the morning. And Janet thinks that's a banger of an idea and eats another strawberry. (laughs) We cut to another day where Abel with the cable is asking Janet what seems to be the problem now. And Janet grabs him saying, it's a vertical hole, I guess. I don't really
1: know. Vertical hold. Hold. What? What does that mean? it's like a vhs kind of thing okay sure
0: he asks if she wants a repeat of last night but janet jumps into his arms, saying that she hates repeats and wants them to think of today as an encore presentation he carries her to the bed and they smooch a whole bunch and abel asks but wait what about her husband and she tells him yeah don't worry about him he's but we hear the front door open and leon calls out janet she yells oh the front door oh god abel screams oh shit And the two hop off of the bed. Downstairs with Leon, he calls out for Janet, and we hear her call down. Up here, Leon, in the bedroom. Leon busts into the bedroom, asking, what the hell is going on in here? And who the hell are you? Abel tells him, oh, I'm the cable dude, here to check out the equipment. Janet is standing there, nonchalantly, reading a magazine. And she smiles, saying, you told me to call him, honey. Abel adds in that Leon's work is causing interference, and he thinks that's what caused the problem in the first place. Mm -hmm. Leon ignores that hint, asking, didn't you install cable the other day? Abel nods, saying that he had to come back and him and Janet had to work out some of the kinks. Then he turns on the TV, and we see the Crypt Keeper scream in the intro of the Tales from the Crypt for a oh, moment. Shit. That you know.
1: That's the best part of the episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. He turns it on and just right at the time for a Tales from the Crypt episode. It's crazy. Leon demands. He turns that shit off, and Janet walks up asking, Leon, what are
1: you doing home in the middle of the
0: afternoon? Leon tells her that he took a leave of absence from the hospital until his research is finished. And Janet's all, oh, goody. That means you'll be here for me from now on. And Leon tells her, yep, working from home, down in the lab. We cut to Abel, who says, shit. But once Leon's perfected his anesthesia, he'll be here for Janet. But right now, I'm just not able. Anyway, see ya. Janet looks over at Abel and says,
1: You can say that again.
0: We pop downstairs, where Janet and Abel are running down the stairs to the living room. Abel turns to leave out the front door, but Janet tells him, no, hold on. He'll be down there for hours. You can always tell he's coming up because the red light goes off. You can escape through the gardens. It's perfect
1: such a terrible point leon is literally downstairs yeah let's bang while my husband is like 20 feet away <laughs> separated by a red light nothing could go wrong
0: the two smooch and janet jumps on him again and then they spin around smooching a whole bunch until they fall on the couch over with leon in the basement he's got a recorder and he's saying day seven mr cottontail remains stable in suspension cells still normal over with janet she's watching the tube and we see fuchsia is reunited with her hubby She lays down on a bed telling him to take her now, but hubby tells her, no, no, Fuchsia. There's somebody else in my life. And Fuchsia's all say, what? And asks how that could be because he's been locked in the men's house for two weeks. Then the camera gets close to her face as she looks into it and she says, oh, my God. (laughs) So stupid. I'm glad that they finished up like the storyline
1: with Fuchsia, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. I could have had more fuchsia, but... She's a powerhouse. She's awesome, if you will. Not really, but... I think it's so funny that they
0: they finished that up. I love it that the husband shot a dude, and he got two weeks, and that was it. (laughs) Over on the couch, Janet is feeding Abel with the Cable strawberries. We see the red light is on in the background, and she says, You know, Cable really has improved the quality of my life. The light dings off, and Janet snaps up, telling Abel to get the fuck out of here and go through the garden. He leaves, and the door opens up, and Leon walks out as Janet pretends to paint her nails or something. And she asks, she t- how's it she going, She
1: to take his time, which I thought was weird. Yeah, she's like, get the fuck out of here. You can take your time, though, but, like, just go through the garden.
0: <laughs> don't yeah, I, take I don't... your
1: time. There's, like, 20 steps at most. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's excited, so he's, he's stomping up them steps quick. Leon walks up saying that it's day 10 and Mr. Cottontail is resting comfortably. She tells her he hopes she isn't too lonely. And Janet smiles saying that "Mm, she's managing. She'll be fine. Pop back downstairs and it's day 15. Leon reads a piece of paper saying that the subject is still normal and the most difficult operations now seem possible. He puts the bunny on the table telling it very good upstairs janet is smooching abel on the couch asking if he can stop an avalanche from thundering wildly down a mountain or perhaps a waterfall from crashing over a cliff he's all uh yeah sure and then we hear his pants unzip we fade back to the basement where the bunny is awake and leon is loving it he picks it up saying oh shit i'm gonna win the nobel prize for this he calls (laughs) out for janet and races upstairs but he forgets to turn the light off oh no brandon Uh uh-oh He opens up the door and sees Janet smooching with the cable guy, saying that he wants his body and all that. Who
1: could have predicted that this plan (laughs) would have gone awry? Yeah. The two
0: don't notice him, so he goes back downstairs. And from downstairs, we can hear them upstairs having sex and stuff. So Leon swirls around asking, what should I do? Should I divorce and leave her? No, that'd be too easy. I gotta hurt her. Hurt her as she hurt me. And then he sobs while holding that bunny. So, like, now he cares.
1: Yeah, no, you definitely can't divorce her. I mean, he can. Yeah, easily, really. It's not yeah. hard. Leon, you can absolutely do that. Like, you're a doctor, dude. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just kind of wild to me because, like, you get those glimmers
0: that he cares and yet he doesn't. I don't know. It's a little all over the place. We cut back upstairs, where Leon pops out of nowhere and puts chloroform to Abel and Janet's face and knocks them out. Very
1: gently. He he holds a napkin slightly near their faces. Yeah, and they're gone. <laughs> and they are they're out. Yeah, they're out of there.
0: Downstairs, we see Abel and Janet lying on two beds, and we see Leon feed them the anesthetic, saying, Now it's time to test on humans, or should I say, subhumans. Now we get a little medical montage here, Brandon, where we see Leon and some equipment, and there's blood everywhere very odd the music is a bit jaunty and creepy and there's a bone saw and there's just more bloody tools after a while we see abel and janet covered up in white claws except it's just their faces so leon says day eight subjects appear to be normal the extended anesthesia is allowing the procedure to far exceed my hopes we fade now and we're in the living room and leon's got his recorder saying day 15 the subjects are in place should awaken momentarily You know, I just had a thought, Brandon. It's kind of weird that, like, nobody's looking for these two people uh, after 15 days. Especially Abel. Like, he's got a job to do.
1: I mean, Louise seemed like she was there a lot. Right. She wasn't like, hey, where'd Janet go? (laughs) None of that.
0: The camera fades back and we see Abel and Janet on the couch, but we only see their heads. And Abel wonders aloud how long they've been asleep. Let's get some lights on in here. Abel turns on the lights and Janet looks down and she screams. And Abel's all, oh, my God, what the the hell happened? Leon calls out, what do you think happened? You've just made medical history together. And we get a full body shot now and see that (laughs) Abel's head is on Janet's body. And Janet's head is on Abel's body. And they're, like, touching themselves and staring at Leon. And it looks really awkward.
1: It looks very awkward. Janet's head, for some reason, is, like, five times too small for her new body. (laughs) Yeah, so... It's
0: uh, it's an interesting choice. My favorite part about this is that, like, their hands are, like, touching their, their chest and their stuff, like, their bellies and stuff, yeah. and the head is just, like, staring straight ahead, and it does not look very good. Yeah,
1: they should be touching their faces, like, oh my god, my face, but... Mm, nah.
0: No, they, they can't. can't.
1: They can't, <laughs> they can't because they have the split screen. Yeah. <laughs> um a bit wonky it's silly uh that's that's leon's special operation which you know is groundbreaking and he will absolutely get the nobel prize but
0: yeah but he'll probably also get like the electric chair yeah, it's yeah
1: crypt. he'll get the nobel prize and then they'll take it back immediately you know, yeah be taken to prison where he just belongs. like
0: that dude that figured out lobotomies like it'll be a no-go Leon tells him, well, you wanted each other's bodies, so I gave them to you. And Leon cackles in their faces as they continue touching their chests and stuff. That's kind of, that's where we end the tale. <laughs>
1: that's... Yeah, that's all of it.
0: We cut back over to the Crypt Keeper, still in his golfing outfit, and he says, well, looks like Janet and Abel have become rather attached. Talk about being stuck on each other. And he laughs. I guess the next time Janet wants to cable up, she'll be a little more careful about it. Anyway, I got to get back to my game. And he lifts up his golf club and puts a ball into the human skull. Oh, I'm sorry. He puts a ball into the human skull. My bad. Golfing terms. I don't know any of those. Then he looks up and says, what do you know? Par for the corpse. Then he laughs us out of the episode. The end. So one thing, Brandon, that um I thought this episode was going to do is that we got that little dream sequence with Janet. I thought they were going to mm-hmm. do another one or maybe all of the like cheating stuff would be a dream sequence kind of thing for her. They just kind of drop the whole dream sequence kind of stuff. Like she doesn't daydream anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really thought there was going to be more mixing between reality and fantasy. I thought it would have been funny if like all of the seductiveness that Janet gave to
0: Abel was just not reciprocated at all. Like, I think that would have been hilarious.
1: Yeah, I thought that's where it was going. Like they were both making the awkward innuendo. But then he would be like, yeah, got my tools here. Uh, I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. But then they just do bang. I thought it would have been really funny if it was just like, and I'm out. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) got to go do other shit. Bye. Uh, But no, they went with, they went with like literally what you expect kind of thing, which is whatever. It was fine. I like, I enjoyed this episode because I got to be all, you know, into it and hammy and stuff because the episode is. So I felt like it was very much on point, as the kids say. Yeah, that's exactly how they say it. Brandon, did you learn a single thing from this episode? <sighs> I learned that Fuchsia is the best. She's awesome, Brandon. Yeah, that's honestly, that's mainly what I learned, too. Like, Fuchsia's so awesome. I wish I could model my life around her, even though nothing worked out for her. <laughs> no, her
1: life was a miserable <laughs> failure, but she's so cool, though. She does have red hair, so I'll give her that.
0: Um, I learned that if you want to be happy in life, you have to have cable. Okay. This is all just a commercial to get HBO. That's Buy what it is. Even HBO.
1: Though we, we already have Consume. HBO.
0: <laughs> um, I gotta say though, Brandon, spoiled is a pretty whatever name. Like it could have been anything. Do you I don't even think it had anything to do with being spoiled. I think a better name for the episode would be like, you know, there's always tomorrow. Just name it the soap yeah.
1: opera name. That'd be great. Um, I mean it really should just be called Scenes from an Unhappy Marriage. Yeah. Real real downer when you think about it with this episode here. Yeah. yeah. Like this woman just wanted to get some and she yeah. couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brandon, do you want to meet
0: the cast? We got a big old cast yeah. to meet. Who are these folks? I I pulled up about four characters. Let me pull up Louise as well. We'll get five going. So first off, we got uh we got Janet played by fake rant. And I feel like I know Faye Grant, but I'm pretty sure I've never seen anything she's been in.
1: I thought she did fantastic in the episode.
0: She was a lot of fun to watch. She went for it, and she was campy, and uh, I liked it a lot. So I think she did great. She started things off in 1981 with Home Room, a TV movie where she played Tina. She was in the Incredible Hulk TV series for an episode. 28 episodes of The Greatest American Hero. And she was in a couple of things called V, or maybe it's five. I don't know. It's just a V. It could be the oh, Roman numeral. V. Do you know anything about Something that show? The lizards, right? Yeah, I looked up a couple of them because she's in like three different V things and it's like lizard people and I, I don't I don't yeah. know
1: anything about this. I only know it from I Love the 80s.
0: Oh, okay. So it must have been a big thing because she was in two episodes of V in 1983. She was in a TV miniseries called V, The Final Battle and then there was another subsequent series called V, Again, you know, without the Again. Um, but she was in 19 episodes of. So, well, yeah thing, I guess. She was in Omen 4, The Awakening. I didn't know there was four Omen movies. I've only seen one of them. Most recently, she was in 2018's Affairs of State, which sounds boring. Yeah, (laughs) it really does. She was in an episode of 7th Heaven, Brandon. She played Abby Morris. I know you know what that is because you Love Seventh Heaven, Brandon. You love I'll
1: I'll be entirely honest, and this is not a joke. I was just watching Seventh Heaven like 20 minutes before we started this
0: podcast.
1: (laughs) You're ridiculous,
0: Brandon. (laughs) Oh, she was in 39 episodes of something called State of Grace, too,
1: from 2001 to 2002. Okay, boom. Where she played Taddy McKee. Ah, yes. Taddy McKee. Which sounds like a normal human name. (laughs) Maybe she's a lizard person
0: in that one. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the one where she's a lizard person. (laughs) Yeah.
0: next up let's talk about alan rackins who played leon in this episode alan here started things off he's he's in a lot of things but uh, he started off 1975 fear on trial he was also in a couple of little ditties here brandon mickey's 60th birthday i don't know if that's mickey rooney it looks like it's mickey mouse never it's mickey mouse <laughs> why would it be mickey rooney i don't uh, know he was in 171 episodes of L.A. Law from 1986 to 1994. It's a lot. Sure is. He did a voice in Batman the Animated Series where he played the Clock King, Temple... F- okay, I can't even say that word. Never mind. He was, in the, he was in it though, Brandon. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, Diagnosis, Murder, The Retrievers, Brandon, The Dog Movie. It was a TV movie, so nobody's seen it, but... No, never there. heard of it uh let's see he was in american dad scooby-doo Mutt menace oh my it's like Mecha godzilla but scooby-doo style one episode of Grey's anatomy one episode of young sheldon and most recently he was in the lights above which was a short
1: yeah i know him as uh dharma's dad from dharma and greg i don't know what dharma and greg is it's a tv show that's not very good at all but i watched it on reruns back in the day and I did not recognize him at all while watching this because he looks totally different with hair. He's like a bland looking Don Draper in the episode. And then (laughs) just a few years later on Dharma and Greg, he's like this bald old man. Interesting. It's Weird how life works, you know, and makeup.
0: Next up, Brandon, let's talk about Fuchsia, played by the late Anita Morris, who passed away in 1994. And I loved her. I loved her. She was great. They did a great job. Janet and Fuchsia of like, you know acting very similar i know that's the point of the episode but they did a good job with it um but anita started things off in 1972 the broadway coalition she was also in 12 episodes of something called behringers from 1985 13 episodes of down and out in beverly hills that sounds terrible not the show just being down out in beverly hills yeah two episodes of matlock three episodes of trade wins and her last role was radio land murders back in 1994 that's Cool. She's great. I think maybe she was like a model or something.
1: She's, she she kind of gives that model vibe to me. Yeah, looking at all her pictures, she's got that striking red hair and all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was her natural hair color or what. But yeah, I don't know. Looks she looks, looks gorgeous like just frizzle. Her. Okay, sure does.
0: Next up, let's talk about Abel with the cable. Anthony Lapaglia,
1: who I thought while watching the episode, I was like, "Oh, that's Billy Baldwin," but that is not Billy Baldwin. <laughs>
0: No, it's not Billy really Paul. <laughs> I gotta say, he's a, he's a little silver fox there. He's a cutie pie. Started things off, ninth, uh, oh, I don't even know the year. Uh, somewhere be- before 1984, he was in something called Red Zone. And then in 1984, he was in Kenny and Dolly, A Christmas to Remember. What else was he in here? The Equalizer, Mortal Sins, Betsy's Wedding, Brandon. He was there. Betsy's Wedding. Oh, we weren't. He was invited? Because we were babies. Yeah, yeah, he got the invite. Uh, Black Magic, Innocent Blood. Empire Records. Ooh, okay. He was in 18 episodes of Murder One from 1996 to 1997. Uh, He was in eight episodes of Frasier. So I guess he was kind of like a recurring character. Slightly recurring character. I think he was most well-known for being in Without a Trace for 160 episodes from 2002 to 2009. He's been in a lot of stuff, though. 16 episodes of Riviera. um, And then most recently, he's in a TV show called Florida Man, which I can only assume is hilarious. Or it's racist. We don't know. Could be either or. Probably both. Let's talk about our last character here, Annabelle Gurwitch, who played Louise. And I probably shouldn't even mention her because she was only in like two scenes. But you know how I do it. I like Louise. She was fun.
1: I thought she was going to be more of a character.
0: Me too. She kind of just disappeared and we never saw her again. She was like, all right, you got HBO? I'm out. I did my (laughs) job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My job was just to convince you to get HBO. That's it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> she started things off in 1984 with uh, six episodes of Guiding Light. She was also in The Equalizer. What else here? One episode of Dr. Doctor. 1985 to 1990, she was in 13 episodes of Not Necessarily the News. Well, then I'm not necessarily watching it. <laughs> like I watched the news. Good Lord. What's wrong with me? She was in a lot of stuff, though. In the 19- 1997 in particular was her year because she was in, like, so many things. Cadillac, One Night Stands, Masterminds, Love Struck. She had it going on. More recently, 2017, she was in one episode of Better Things, and most recently, she was in The Visit in 2023. Still working.
1: All right. Cool.
0: But that was our cast for Spoiled, Brandon. Any final thoughts on Spoiled? Are you ready to go into the next episode?
1: Yeah, I'm ready to leave Spoiled behind.
0: Okay. I feel like you're going to like this next episode, Brandon. It's called Yellow. Yeah, I know how much you love the color yellow.
1: Yep. Great color, decent Coldplay song.
0: Oh, yeah. I do like the Coldplay song, too. Um, the summary for yellow, and this is why I think you're gonna like it, because the okay. year is 1918 during World War One. Brandon, I know how much oh, of us, shit. I know how much you love wars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do love war.
0: You love a good war, yeah. We're somewhere in France. It's the 49th day of continuous battle on the front lines. This this uh, summary here, by the way, this is the season finale for season three of Tales from the Great. Oh,
1: okay. It's a little
0: bit of a longer episode. I think this one was like an hour long when it aired. Lieutenant Martin Kalthrob doesn't want to be in the army anymore and asks his father, General Calthrob, for a discharge. His father refuses, but says he will transfer him to the rear if he leads a patrol to the German lines and fixes the broken communication line. When he proves himself to be a coward, his father orders a court-martial with penalty of death by firing squad. I don't know how much I just spoiled. um, So if I spoiled everything, my bad. Yeah, this episode's all spoiled. I think, I mean, we're getting an interesting world war one episode of all things from Tales of i am too because didn't hbo do band of brothers they did so maybe like there's some writers or directors from band of brothers or something they're like hey i like wars i want to do an episode about uh, world war one and you don't get a lot of world war one media i feel it's kind of all about world war ii you know
1: yeah it's a lot more action-packed
0: world war ii it makes sense i mean there's bigger tanks and all that stuff but I kind of, I'm interested, Brandon. I want to see what was up during World War One on Tales from the Crypt of all, of all TV shows.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited for this.
0: Should be good. Should be good. But that's next week, Brandon. We got Yellow next week, our season three finale, and then we'll be chit chatting about all things season three, and then boom, we're in season four. Yeah. I know it's going by so quick, isn't it? But Brandon, that's all I got for you for right now. For Tales from the Crypt, we were spoiled with this episode, and into the war next episode. I've been up all night, Brandon. I think I'm gonna go to. Well, no, my day's just starting. I'm going to go do some work around the house and stuff, but I will talk with you next week for Yella. Yella, Brandon. All right, I'll be here. Oh, I get it now. It's because he's a coward. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dumb. (laughs) All right, Brandon, I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Fuchsia is awesome.